Welcome to See Through Hobart Online. You're listening to a message in our newest series, Our Highest Pursuit. We hope that you enjoy this message today. Good morning, everybody. It's great to see so many of you here today. For those I haven't met, my name is Alicia, and I have the privilege today of bringing a message, and we are sharing our service today with those online. So there are hundreds of us here today before God. Isn't that fantastic? Now, I feel like this morning that um, I get this opportunity to progress the series that Pastor Sean started called Our Highest Pursuit. And he started that by talking about foundations in our lives and making sure that we fix our perspective on a regular basis, that people around us, we use people around us to slightly correct us to make sure we stay on course. And he asked me this morning to continue that theme. And he gave me a passage out of Nehemiah. So I want to talk to you about that this morning. And when I think about our highest pursuit, I uh, think about what I pursue on a daily basis. So I get up of a morning and the first thing I pursue is trying to get out of the house well, which is not always easy. And then I get out of the house and I go to work and the second thing I pursue is my to-do list at work and I pursue trying to do that well, yeah? And then if I have to pick the kids up after school, then I pursue the fastest route across town between work, basketball and home. Anyone? (laughs) And then when I get home, I pursue being a good wife, which I pretty much nail. I'm pretty good at that one. (laughs) My husband's not here, so I can say that. Um, And he will watch this online later and catch me out on that one. Um, And then when I get to the end of the night, I pursue the couch with my pug. And we sit there and have a rest at the end of the day. Isn't that right? And then a global pandemic hits and all of my to-dos and all of my busyness stops for those of us who had to stop. And I pursued the couch. And I pursued maybe a new um, craft or, or activity. For me, it was jigsaw puzzles. So I pursued jigsaw puzzles. I know, I was really good at that too. <laughs> Life is full of pursuits, is it not? Do we not just go through every day pursuing a whole heap of stuff? And yet this series is about our highest pursuit. What is our highest pursuit? So I believe today that I've got a prophetic word for you that God gave me out of this passage. Now, for those of you who haven't been in church that long, a prophetic word, there were prophets in the Old Testament and the prophets used to have a special relationship with God where God used to download like a word for the people and the prophets used to bring the word to the people and they were the only ones that had access to it. In these days, New Testament days, we don't have prophets like that, okay? Everyone, we all have the same access to God. So I'm not bringing a word that you couldn't have got for yourself, but the prophetic word now is an encouraging word. It is an encouraging word from God to you. Who needs one of those this morning? Yeah? 
So this word, I believe, is a word from God to you for today, and it is an encouraging word. So let's open to Nehemiah. And as a bit of historical context, Nehemiah existed in about five, the 5th century BC, and he was a high official in the Persian court. And in fact, he was a cupbearer to the king, which was a very important job. So if anyone was going to die from poison, it's going to be Nehemiah first. And it happened because King Nebuchadnezzar, and this is all relevant, I promise, to this message, (laughs) that you understand this. King Nebuchadnezzar had gone and destroyed Jerusalem, the city of Jerusalem, and had taken the Israelites, the Jewish people of Judah at that time, into captivity. And that's known historically as the Babylonian exile. So they were taken out of their land, and Nehemiah was one of those, and he was taken out, the walls of Jerusalem are destroyed, and Nehemiah finds himself in a position in the palace. Now, for some of these guys, even though they were taken out of their land and and that had been destroyed, they weren't necessarily taken into slavery. Some of them found themselves in quite important positions. Now, Nehemiah's brother had been able to go back to Jerusalem. They'd allowed a certain group of them to go back. And he'd gone back and come back and told Nehemiah about what was happening. And he said to Nehemiah, he said, listen, we've rebuilt the temple, but the walls are still down. And this is how Nehemiah found out about that. So chapter one and verse one, and it says this, in the month of Kislev in the 20th year, while I was in the citadel of Susa, Han and I, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men, and I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that had survived the exile and also about Jerusalem. And they said to me, those who survived the exile are back in the province, they're in great trouble and disgrace. The, walls of Jerusalem is, the wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven." Now, walls are interesting things, aren't they? Back in those days, a city without walls was vulnerable to attack and its people were seen as defenceless and humiliated. It also meant that people who lived in that area were insecure and they lacked a sense of community. Sound familiar? And then I thought about walls these days. We don't have walls around the city of Hobart. But quite often when we talk about walls, we're talking about emotional walls. We talk about walls that we've built up to keep ourselves safe, to protect ourselves, to keep people out, to exclude people, to isolate ourselves. And usually we build these walls to protect ourselves from pain. And here was Nehemiah hearing news that caused him pain. And he demonstrates a very human reaction to receiving that news, which was that he wept, he mourned, and he fasted. Have you ever received news that something was broken, that something was lost? Now, it's an interesting thing when things break in our lives. Nehemiah had plenty of options here. Nehemiah was the cupbearer to the king. He lived in a palace. So this guy had options about what he could do when he got the bad news. 
the first thing he could possibly do was do nothing. <laughs> Anyone like that option? I hear the bad news. Ah, oh, well, it's got nothing to do with me. He could be grateful that he was in a palace and his people were living in a rundown city, but it didn't affect him. He was in a palace, so he could just leave it to them. He could be mad at God for letting it happen. And that would be understandable. He could just stay sad and overwhelmed about the situation. So today I've got two points about Nehemiah's reaction. And this is what I believe is God's word for us today. Because we are facing a time in our history where things are breaking down. And walls are broken down. Parts of our community are broken and falling down. And we're receiving that bad news. So I want to talk to you from God, encouraging word about two things. Is that okay? The first thing comes from verse 5. So this is after, straight after Nehemiah heard the news. Everyone say, then I said... Then I said, Nehemiah said, Then I said, Lord, the God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commands. The first words that Nehemiah had in response to bad news was not, oh no, oh that's terrible. What was it? It was a declaration of who God is. His first response was a response of worship. When we come into this place, and you'll see me, I remember that I used to come into this church, and I used to, when I started coming, look at people up the front like this, and I used to be so jealous, because I couldn't do that. I wasn't good enough to do that. I had no right to do that. I used to sit up the back and sit there, you know, like this during worship. But when I come in now, I'm like this, because I need to declare who God is over my situation, I need to open me and let all my brokenness out. And I need to be able to worship him and who he is because I need him. Nehemiah went straight to worship. He didn't build up internal walls from his pain. He broke down the internal walls by declaring who God was over that situation. He was a great and awesome God. We have to know that we know that we know who God is. We have to know he's our source. We have to know he's got the answers. We've got to know that he's got the power to do something about the broken walls. We have to know that he's already accomplished everything that it takes to address the brokenness in our world that we see today and in our own lives. When Jesus died on the cross, he did everything, end of story, the only thing that was needed to give us every breakthrough, every victory, everything that we need to work our way through pain and to work our way through brokenness. Worship is where we find our knowing. Worship is where we find the knowing of who he is. Worship can be found in our car. Worship can be found in prayer. Worship can be found in your kitchen. Worship can be found anywhere where your heart turns and starts telling God who he is. Worship can be found here in corporate worship. When we come and declare who he is. Our highest pursuit when we are given bad news 
over and above any other choice that we make is to run to him, arms wide open, and let God be the help that we need. Amen? Second point that I've got for you today comes out of chapter 2. Let's turn there if you're following me. And it says this in chapter 2. It says, In the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was brought for him, I took the wine and I gave it to the king. I had not been sad in his presence before, so the king asked me, why does your face look so sad when you are not ill? This can be nothing but sadness of heart. I was very much afraid, but I said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my ancestors are buried lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? And the king said to me, what is it you want? And then I prayed to the God of heaven and I answered the king, If it pleases the king and if your servant has found favour in his sight, let him send me to the city in Judah where my ancestors are buried so that I can rebuild it. Say it to yourself. Say, I can rebuild it. I can rebuild it. I can rebuild it. My second point, and this is God's encouraging word for you today, you are called to the rubble. You are called to the rubble. You are called to places where things have been broken down. You are called to places where people are in distress. You are called to places in this city, in this nation, in this state, where things are not as they should be. We are called, the church of God is called to be light in the darkness. You are called not to do nothing, not to keep your place of safety, not to be mad at God, but actually be called to the rubble, to get our hands together, to get our work on and say, I can rebuild. God, let me respond to your call. Nehemiah, in the middle of this, he said, God, you are an awesome God. And then number two, I can be part of rebuilding it. His response was to the call. You see, Nehemiah wasn't a prophet. He wasn't a priest. He wasn't a church leader of the day. He was a working man. He was like you or I, he had a job. He wasn't called by God to be more religious than anybody else. He was a man who was working. He had skills and experience in his job, which God used to rebuild a whole city. You are called in your workplaces with the skills and talents and experience that God has given you to use that to bring light into the darkness, to use that to bring a difference, to use that to change our community when things are broken down. Nehemiah in chapter 2 verse 11, it says this, he said, I went to Jerusalem and after staying there three days, I set out during the night with a few others. I had not told anyone what God had put in my heart to do for Jerusalem. By night, I went throughout the valley, oh, through to the valley gate towards the jackal well and the dung gate, examining the walls of Jerusalem, which had been broken down and its gates, which had been destroyed by fire. Nehemiah took an inventory of what was broken. 
He went round every section of the gate and he calculated how much was broken, where the broken bits were. You have eyes to see where there's broken bits. You can see where your neighbours are hurting. You can see where things in your family aren't right. You can see in our community and our not-for-profit areas. You can see where our community is broken and you are called to rebuild. You are called to that rubble in whatever role you are called for. You are called to the rubble. You are called to stand in places of darkness and bring light. You are called to work. You are called to pray. You are called to do something, to serve people, to meet needs, to bring justice and to help people who are suffering. God is looking for people who will respond to the call to the rubble that will stand up, that will start with one stone, that will begin to work on solutions to problems and not sit back and grieve what's been lost. Nehemiah with Ezra. Ezra was the prophet. Nehemiah was the working man. The two of them together started the greatest revival that the Jewish people had seen in that century. By rebuilding a wall, What they hadn't been able to do in 72 years, Nehemiah did in 52 days because he was called. The people who lived in that city were dispirited. Their leadership was corrupt. Does it sound familiar? But Nehemiah, one man, was called to the rubble to serve out of his position with prayer and worship and a mind to work. Thanks, musicians. For some of you, the rubble that you are called to is your own life. For some of you, you look at your life and you can see parts of it that are broken. You've experienced situations where things have come crashing down. For some of you, your families, you can see parts of your family that are in rubble. And God has been talking to a few of us at the moment about walls. The people in Nehemiah's day, without a wall, were defenceless and humiliated. And our response sometimes can be to build emotional walls and isolate ourselves and step away from God and think that that wall is going to keep us strong and keep us safe. But actually the wall that God wants you to rebuild is one that He calls you to. And that is to be called to your own rubble. To be called to places in your life that God wants healed that God wants a testimony to come out of, that God wants to do something extraordinary through you for someone else. God did not bring down your wall or bring you into that situation to leave you there. God brings rubble to bring new life. 
He brings things down to raise something up. He will always bring victory. Jesus died on a cross so that your pain would be taken on the cross, that you didn't need to isolate and build up walls, that if you let Him in, in a posture of worship, He will bring a testimony out of your life that will change cities, that will rebuild. You are called to the rubble. You are called to the rubble within your own family. You are called to pray. You are called to walk alongside your family members. You are called to rebuild relationships. You are called by God to the rubble. You are there on purpose. They built the wall one stone at a time. Some days they had enough strength to build a whole section of wall in one day. You're gonna have good days where you're gonna rebuild parts of walls in a whole day. And there were other days, and it goes on in chapter four and chapter six to say that there were people attacking Nehemiah and the Jewish people. There were people making fun of them. And there were people who were trying to rebuild the wall that had run out of strength. And it says in chapter six, It says, Nehemiah just stopped and he said one thing. He said, now I prayed, God, strengthen my hands. There will be times in this journey where you will be strong and you will be able to achieve a lot. And there'll be other times where you feel like what has been pulled down and what's in rubble is too big, it cannot be rebuilt. Let me tell you a word from God today that it will be rebuilt. It will be rebuilt faster than you could ever imagine. It will be rebuilt one stone at a time. It will be rebuilt out of a people who will worship and pray and work and know that you are called to rubble. You are called to be light in darkness. You are called to change situations. You are not called to sit by and watch. If you believe that God has spoken to you this morning with this word, I want you to stand to your feet. If you believe that God has called you to stand in rubble, if you can see any rubble today, it might be rubble in your workplace, it might be in industry, it might be in government, it might be in charities and justice systems, it might be in your family, it might be in your own heart that there is rubble. Let me tell you this morning, I want you to close your eyes and I want you to look to God. God, I thank you right now that you give them a clear picture of the rubble. God, let them see the rubble. Let them see the rock. The rocks that have fallen down. God, be specific about what is the rubble that these people have been called to. God, I thank You right now that You are positioning every single person here this morning to rebuild rubble. They are called by God to rebuild rubble. I thank You that that rubble was not caused for no reason. I thank You that that pain will not be for no reason. I thank You that the pulling down that we are seeing in our community right now has Your purpose on it, God. And I thank You that these people right now are called to rebuild. I can rebuild it, said Nehemiah. I can rebuild it. I can lay down my life in worship towards God. I can go into my community and everywhere I step, 
I bring light. I bring light into the darkness. Everywhere I step, I bring encouragement. Everywhere I step, I bring vision for a new world. I will go to places that are broken. I will go to relationships that are broken. I will go to people who are broken and I will love them. I will stand by them. I will find my purpose in You, God. I thank You, Jesus, right now. Thank you, Jesus, right now. I believe there are some of you here today that you've had a broken bit for a long, long time. And God just said to me, you've got used to walking past that part in your wall and seeing it broken and you've grown to accept that. And you've grown to accept that maybe that part of your wall can never be rebuilt. I am praying in the name of Jesus this morning that you would see that you have a role, one rock at a time, to rebuild that area of faith in your life, to rebuild that part that was painful that you've locked up, that there is times where you're going to have to open yourself towards God. You're going to have to pull your arms from wrapping yourself up to wide to let God's Spirit in. You're going to have to trust Him that He will keep you safe and that He will come in and He will help you one day at a time, one hour at a time, one prayer at a time, one moment, rebuild what you thought was never going to be rebuilt. You know, sometimes we just have to take a minute. Let God's voice speak to you. You are called to the rubble. You are called to the rubble. He's positioned you exactly where He wants you. Thank you, Jesus. God is building up. He's building you up. He's rebuilding what you thought was broken. And out of that, you are going to that rubble in our community and you are going to rebuild one rock at a time. Amen. You are all worthy. You are all worthy of God doing something extraordinary out of your life. There is no brokenness that He can't reach. There is nothing that is broken that He cannot reach. There is nothing broken that He cannot use. There is nothing broken enough that it will be gone forever. We are called to be a people who declare God over every situation, a great and awesome God. We are to declare His Word over every situation that we face. You are to declare God's Word over your own life and tell yourself that you are a son and a daughter and you are called to the rubble and you will make a difference. And together, we're gonna make a difference. Hobart's never seen it. It's never seen it. The, the community that we knew has crumbled down and His church will be part of the rebuild. Amen? Come on, let's worship God. We're gonna worship. Thanks for joining us today at C3 Hobart Online. If you were impacted by this message, or you'd like to know a bit more about our church and what we do, you can get in touch with us via our website, c3hobart.org.au. See you next time.